The main podcast is a free media source with the mission to provide better transparency in the market to connoisseurs, medical patients, recreational users, store owners, growers, extractors, and everyone in between. This is made possible through generous support from sponsors who cover all corners of the great state of Maine. A special thanks to The Heady Yeti, Rugged Roots, Tastefully Baked, Cure Cannabis Co., The Shack 420, Humble Family Farms, Cannamelts, Salty Cultivation, The North Fire, Highbrow, Team Green, Seaworks and Company, Fade Space, Zero Gravity Extracts, Wisely Cannabis, and Stoner and Co. For more information on how you can support those who support us, please visit our website, www.mainpodcast.com. That's mainpodcast.com, and click the sponsors tab. Such a weird experience for me. I'm like so removed, but I can hear everything that's going on. I can't really see anything, but I can like hear everything that's going on. You can, you can hear the squeaking of the tightening. <laughs> he knows what. Yeah. And he hates it every time. Cab over Pete with a reefer on. Reefer on. We're not, uh, this is our first podcast. It's probably my first time speaking into a microphone. Ever? (laughs) You weren't a part of a band at any one time? No. You got that look. No, the public speaking. You were the drummer. (laughs) You were the drummer. That's the way I envisioned you. You were the bassist. I was in a Steel Panther tribute band. <laughs> I need to know more about Steel Panther because I don't know anything about them. Yeah, you're gonna want to look up some of their uh, their songs. Am I really gonna want to look it up? Yeah, they're 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 like in um what time 80s, frame? They're like an '80s spoof band. Oh no shit! Has, uh, yeah. What was that band that? Uh, <laughs> oh shit! They were a cover band of '80s rock bands as well spoofing them entirely it came out in the 80s 90s any idea ah shit no was it pantera pantera or whatever Mm, well pantera wasn't a spoof band i was gonna say they're not a spoof (laughs) (laughs) not necessarily i mean i I didn't care for them so much but some will consider them a spoof band yeah evan we were talking a little bit i consider like oh go ahead i was gonna say i consider system of a down sometimes a spoof band even though even though they're, I guess, I don't think they are. I think they're a Christian band. <laughs> I, I really that's Winger. Bullshit. No, that's P, that's P, oh, that was yeah. P.O.D. Oh, P.O.D. Yeah. They mean, were a Christian band. I was a school teacher back in 2001 oh, okay. and uh, for a brief period of time. What grade was that for? Uh, <laughs> freshman. Started <laughs> off with freshman. And I guess I showed up at school stoned way too often. They didn't like it, so they're trying to buy weed. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, I became their dealers. So that's how that's how life evolves. <laughs> but they were into uh, POD. He coached, uh, he coached uh, lacrosse too. And the other day, we bought a camera from a kid that came through, and he had a face mask on. And he goes, "Is your last name Landry?" And he goes, "Yeah, well, yeah, it is." He goes, I think you're my lacrosse coach, yeah. and I think Carrie almost had a fucking heart attack realizing how old he was at that moment. But I, I kid you not, I used to coach Pee Wee wrestling in the town that our dispensary is, and I have Pee Wee wrestlers <laughs> that are now patients of ours that come and get products. That I was like, I remember you when you were four years old. You're dating yourself, man. Nice going. Yeah, I shouldn't do that. Nice going. No, that's fine. <laughs> Evan, you want to uh, kick us off in uh, heading in the direction we talked for a little bit? Another episode. So the main podcast today you're joined by the usual Carrie and myself Evan Headstack 207 and we are pleasure to announce our guest of the day which is Green Truck uh, thank you so much for making time for us and coming on down yeah thanks a lot man for having us I want to just uh, give you names I'm sorry that way people will identify the names with the voice as it goes on yeah I'm Josh founder of Green Truck I was Truck. honestly hoping you were going to pop in the phone uh, I'm Shane I do sales and marketing for Green Truck beautiful thanks guys thanks for coming in studio we're stoked to be here. It's been an exciting uh, journey for you. Yes, Josh? You yeah. started this thing way back in the day. Yeah, it's been exciting. It's been a whole whirlwind of a lot of things, man. Moving really fast for us. Want to start just simple? Green truck, where'd the name come from? <laughs> I knew that was <laughs> I got to get it out of the gates. Let's oh. just get it over with. Dude, I've thought of like four stories to tell that are a lot cooler than this. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, me and my original business partner, we used to paint houses and we both had black trucks. And we had no idea what to call our new company that we thought was coming. Um, so he's like, well, what about black truck farms? And I was like, dude, that makes no sense. It has nothing to do with weed. He's like, well, what about green truck? Like like the ice cream truck, the weed truck? And I was like, I mean, I guess it could work, but I don't really like that. So for the longest time, man, 
I was embarrassed to tell people. Like we would just grow on our own and before, until we gained a little bit of traction was when I was like, all right, I guess we're Green Truck Farms. And uh, he didn't even realize it was just at the grocery store and they're like, what's the account? And I was like, Green Truck Farms. And that was like, that's when it just set it right in. there. Yeah. That's when it cemented. <laughs> yeah. That was the idea. That was it, yep. Yeah, yeah I, no, I've been... Go ahead, um, I've been following you guys. I've been following you guys for a little bit. And I think way back in the day, actually, I used to... I had a buddy that used to go down to Berwick and grab stuff. And we started, I think, getting to know you guys from the bonfire. I don't know if you really were there, but I remember that I think people that had stuff processed from you were there. Um, and this was like way back circa, what, 2015? So five years ago or so, I want to say. Really? Maybe like 16 or something like that. Yeah, that was yeah, right at was, the start uh, of it, man. We were... Uh, we went to the bonfires just to kind of spread the brand and um, I went to every single one of those and it just got to the point once we opened up the little dispensary in North Berwick it was too much to unload all the product head up to the bonfire again so it kind of went on the wayside but that was that was definitely the start of us were you excited no, it, about it was, the it's funny go ahead Evan no I was just gonna say it's funny too when we talked to um what is it uh what's her name Sarah um, from the community, community bonfire, bonfire. It, that's pretty popular. It's a really popular thing for vendors to do. Is that's kind of like the stepping stone for them to get into the industry and for them to raise capital to be able to kind of do something bigger. And I think it's weird because a lot of people think of like the bonfire. I always felt like they feel some type of way about people that show up, do it for a couple of years, and then just stop coming and act like they don't know about it. But it's, she's like, no, that's exactly what the bonfire was almost created for, was the fact that people to do it for a couple of years to be able to get their name out and then to go ahead and open a store and draw traffic to their own. So I, I do think it's a cool concept, and it, it shows that it worked for you guys and many others. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um... What was your experience with uh, bonfires? Like, uh, what, what, like how many people were attending them back uh, in 2015-16? There was, there was a lot of people. I, I was one of um, their first patients, so they – would always uh, drag me to the community bonfires with them. Uh, it always it was overwhelming, I think, at first, you know, how many patients were showing up, as well as how many vendors just like us were actually in the community. Dude, we were so janky for those shows, though. <laughs> like, I would, <laughs> sorry whoever grabs our stuff back then, but I would package jars at my house before the night, and I'd handwrite all the little stickers, and, man, we'd sell all of it there. And I think that's how a lot of people have started. A great part about it all as well was we met everyone else that was trying to come up right then. Yeah. So we built good relationships right from then on. Yeah, it was. It created a good oh, yeah, network yeah, for vendors. Were, mm -hmm. You're in a time period, too, where everyone was kind of janky. You know, like everyone was really coming out the bat. This was like the first attempt for, I mean, yeah, there was maybe a couple. I, I don't even know who they would have been that might have had all their shit together. But for the most part, that was like... I don't know. I feel like when you guys entered the community bonfires, when everyone kind of started to learn about the community bonfire, it became, I don't want to say mainstream because I know that crucified for using that word, but in the same sense, it became a lot more popular for cannabis enthusiasts and users to go to the bonfire, you know, in that time period. And I think that was the height of it because I haven't gone in the past couple of years, just been busy, but I can agree with what said that it was just overwhelming because I remember my first experience and I was like, oh my God, like, what do I do? You know, there's just so many people, so many booths. It was like a true California experience for sure that Brett still has carried it on I just saw him for the very first time uh, you do you know him I'm uh, yeah. assuming you, you guys yeah. probably have a relationship because yeah, uh, he's, he's yeah right down there in that area yesterday or no about three days ago was the first time I had ever I haven't met him I, I, I know Sarah but I've heard a lot about him but I saw him speak for a good five minutes and just kind of give a, a little bit of an idea of what uh the community bonfire has always meant to him and to the people involved. And I'm like, damn, he is solid. He's good. Like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He's a genuinely mm -hmm. good dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that he initiated so it and prior, started it. Go ahead, Evan. You know, just prior to the bonfire, where were you guys at? Like where, when did this, I mean, obviously you guys were painting houses. When did you decide to say, all right, fuck painting houses. I want to start growing weed. Cause that's a big transition. No, I mean, I assume there was a little yeah, that's bit of true. like a, of yeah. a transition period, but how old were you? And when was this? When did it all fall into place, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, man, it was 2015, and it was 16 lights in my garage, and that got us by for a while. Um, I, I That's a pretty good setup, 16 in I your had garage. Two, yeah, I had two eight-light flower rooms, veg upstairs, ceilings way too short. Um, yeah. Had no idea what we were doing, but so our first few harvests, we actually just had to extract 
And by extract, I mean like closed column with cans of butane in yep. my back shed, basically. Uh, so that's the first was, way I saw it, and that's how I did it with yeah. a couple people did too. You, so. Yeah, did you have experience with extracting at that point, or did you have like a buddy that kind of was like, hey, I know what I'm doing, or I'm just like, because you know, most of the people, the first time they grow weed, they're like, hey, I'm gonna, they're not, normally they're not like, I'm just gonna blast it myself. That's, that's a pretty big step. Yeah, so I was always into learning new things and, and trying to do it my way. So, uh, but I did uh, run into an old business partner of mine who really helped me get the extraction part going, and credit to him for that as well. But um, we really just took off with that. That I think became the forefront of our business was the extraction and processing part mm -hmm. of it, because we weren't good at growing, mm -hmm. um, and that took a while. Um, it, it took a while to learn how to grow good weed consistently and still it's still real work in progress for us um, but extraction is definitely where we started excelling and i think what we built the brand on i want to say it was probably 2017 uh, that i first laid eyes it was with uh canaphoria um or glenn um with or lib lab at that lib lab, lib lab at the time and um he said, hey, dude, check this out. These guys extracted this. Uh, look at this. Have you ever seen shatter that looked like this before? And we hadn't up here, strangely enough. I'm not going to say it wasn't around, mm -hmm. but the quality of it, the, the hue of it, the look, the smell, the touch, everything about it was solid. I said, who is that? And he said, it's Green Truck. And I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I've been super fortunate. Like the people that I've come across have really known their shit. Um, the guy, Andrew, in the lab now, he's he's learning every single night. I really feel like he's at the forefront of this extraction industry in Maine. Um, just super proud of the mm -hmm. team that we got. So I think it honestly is focused on who you build your team with. And yeah. I couldn't be doing all this shit, man. I don't know. Now I don't. I feel like I don't know anything about extraction anymore. So. Yeah, you've had to grow out of that, like what we were talking about uh, just before coming on the uh, on the mics. You you had to adapt your role, but you, you've had kind of uh, uh, an experience with almost all of them, all of the roles that are now tasked to other people. Yeah, I think anyone that's been in cannabis in Maine has done everything themselves. They literally from all the growing and then turning into marketing, sales. She's. Um, <clears throat> I was a lawyer and an accountant at one point. It's, I've literally done every part of that business. Um, so it's really about now finding people who you can pass those roles off to, who you, you trust, like Shane here. Yeah. He's building all our relationships right now. He deals with all of our vendors, all of our patients. Um, so it's crucial to have like right. people you can trust on your team. Yeah. Shane, you came into this um, as, a, as a patient to Green Truck. Yep. I was uh, one of their first patients when Josh needed patients yep. before they were green truck. Um, used to, <laughs> I was trimming that little. It's, that it all started that way for everybody, yep. didn't it though? When you first, uh, first take that step, you're like, you've got nobody, nobody's yeah. coming to you. And yeah. so those that do you take care of you or you should, cause well, that's a damn good business practice. It is. And of course, um, you know, it was a great product to, uh, be one of their first patients, but you know, watching Josh, I've always been involved more in the professional side of craft beer sales and wholesaling and supplying. Um, and mm. I've always watched Josh do a million things and I've always really idolized it and I've always wondered how could I make an impact into, you know, this type of company or this type of industry. So, you know, I'm very fortunate to be in a Did you pitch it to him? What's that? Did you pitch it to him? I actually was um, just looking for some extra trim work, and it's something I've always kind of plugged in his ear. And, yeah. you know, he said, well, why don't we um, sit down and start talking about um, a little more? Yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah. So, but you had been in the bear industry, and you had already created, like, networks within the distribution of? Uh, yeah, well, and of course, in sales beer and stuff like that. Yep. So I, I was very familiar with the whole structure of the three-tier sales system, you know, and how uh, it goes from supplier to wholesaler right down to the retail and to the consumer. Um, so and that was something as well as my background with doing some marketing in the craft beer sales here locally in Maine that I thought we could adopt some of those um, policies and what we do in that market in cannabis. Mm -hmm. You... Um very similar. It's very, very similar. Very, it's something that I've similar. referenced quite a bit, too. Yeah, I've been referencing that quite I a think few it, times. Yeah. I think it gives, like, a very good glimpse. Like, to a lot of people like to speak of what's going to happen next five to ten exactly. years. I think the only thing you can look at, you can't look at Oregon, you can't look at Colorado, you got to look like the main craft beer scene. I think that'll give 
some of the best like look at how is Mainers going to treat a Bud Light versus a Bissell Brother, you know, and that's the same as a Wellness versus a Green Truck, in, in my opinion. Exactly, and I think really Maine has the opportunity to really set the bar for localized cannabis here in this country. You know, just seeing what how locally pride um, Mainers are, not just in beer but across the board with uh, their products. Mainers love to support. Uh, local, they love supporting other Mainers. So, who, um, when you had to pass on to Shane, agree. when you had to pass this information on to Shane, the, you know, relations, you knew that he understood that relations were going to be delicate, that you were going to be able to network as much as possible with the people you already knew. There's already these people yeah. built into your head. You've got to be able to share him, share with him, the vision and the quality that you were looking for. What was that like for you? Like Absolutely, man. That's really tough to get anyone on the same page as you are. Um, so it took, I don't know, it's been six months really that we've been working together. It was hard even to get vendors to want to deal with Shane at first. And like, yeah. they just have always dealt with me since day Yeah, one. right. And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm not yeah. getting back to him. Shane's getting right back to him. So I think it was a work in progress, but it's really helped our company um, for both myself to take a lot of that stress off of sourcing enough product for the store, wholesaling our product. I hand off all the extraction issues onto Andrew. Um, literally there's someone for everything right now. And just, I feel like we're such a unit and we're really turning into a machine right now. When did the garden start to, you talked about it being an upward battle and it still continues at times, of course. I think anybody who has a garden is always going to have to be dealing with something new or something different as far as problems go. Well, you can, and if you can control those, that's great. But you are also creating your own menu for in-house. What's, uh, what, what went into that selection? Or, or, into yeah. our genetic selection? Yeah, because that's also going to impact your extracts as well. Absolutely. So you get to play on both. It's really tough to, to grow and have a ton of different strains, though. So for us, um, it was all about what's going to be new, what's going to be um, different than what everyone else is growing. And it's still changing a lot, man. Um, it's, just, it's just so hard to pheno hunt new stuff. Is it to be expected that it's always going to change at this point? Yeah. It is. It's yeah. changing too fast right now. Like, mm -hmm. We can't even keep up with what's next. So for us to be pheno hunting new genetics, um, it takes up space in the garden. It's just not very efficient. So we're taking things that we know we know are solid. We've been working a lot with honey sticks on some good cuts. Yeah, I noticed um, that. Yeah. So really, he's been helping us out a lot for the genetics in the garden. So credit to him on that. Um, it just makes it easier for us, man. Focus on the actual cultivation and dialing in some strains versus hunting for new things all the time. Yeah, I mentioned something about that in a past podcast about this need for not necessarily nurseries, but if you can't do it within your own business construct that you need to have a relationship with a breeder or somebody into genetics, it's really got to shape it. Absolutely. It's got to be someone that's passionate about it too. Someone that's going to stay up to, up to trends and up to date and you know, I think he's on point with that. And we've we've leaned heavy on him for our genetics lately. Um, but super grateful to have him in our pocket. Shout out, honey sticks. Yeah. Yes, certainly. Some of the, fa uh, what are we smoking on, by the way? This is gorilla butter, actually. Yeah. Cut gorilla from butter. Him. Cut from yep. him. Man, I'm in a good spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm feeling nice. <laughs> um, but I, I do feel like everything no, is strain dependent, man. Everyone wants the new hype, something different. So got to keep mm -hmm. up with the trends and keep it moving. Evan? I think, yeah, it, it, it no, it, it is pretty cool what's happening. And there's a lot of, like, I think you see that from, I don't want to say the more prominent or ones that are really trying to excel is that they're trying to link up with someone who can see the genetics. Like you said, especially right now, maybe down the line, five, ten years for you guys or whatever, I don't know your plan. The whole breeding or pheno hunting might come more into play. But right now, it is a challenge for anyone that's trying to rapidly grow a business to suit consumer needs. For sure. It's, for us, it's a space issue. So we don't have a bunch of tents. We're limited on grow space. Um, so for to be breeding and pheno hunting, it just it becomes a lot for us. And I'd rather give the business to somebody who has a passion in that aspect and, you know, let them do their thing right. and we'll keep doing our thing and we can work together as a team because that's really all it's about in this industry is helping each other. 
You, um, mm-hmm. no, for sure. you've made a, an, an outstanding, a, an amazing name for your, for yourself throughout the state with the extraction process that you guys are able to provide. There's a lot of people seeking you out and you seem to be able to, to be, I want to say in my experience from people who have used you caregivers who have used you as a resource, um, they're always happy. Yeah. Used us, man. Us. Because it's the Us. whole team. They're Correct. so solid. Sorry, man. yeah. Um, Want to give shout outs to anybody on that crew? Yeah, Andrew, Nate. Um, man, we've got Travis and AJ on the machine now. Uh, Alex has been back there. We've we've had a couple people come and go. It's a tough spot to fill, man. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, just the whole team is solid. Whoever's in there right now, it's, it's the next man up. Um, I feel like it's a Belichick system at our place. Someone goes and the next person steps up and we try to promote within. Um, yeah. We're just a family over there, and I think we treat our vendors and we treat our patients the same way, and that's really, I think, what's helped us establish that reputation that people know, trust, and I, I think a lot of people do like us genuinely, so uh, it feels good to have that support from the community. Hmm. Yeah, there is. There's a, And you had talked about having already created a good size network of a community down in that area from the earlier years, so that was that, that built up. But you guys do reach out and beyond uh just southern maine too there you've yeah. got to feel a lot in different parts of the state do you not yeah you can currently find our products right up the street over at cure cannabis yep, shout yep. out cure shout out <laughs> which we'll probably go say hi oh yeah. yeah we know cure is johnny still in florida or did he get back uh, i think i think he's still in florida i think i was gonna say he wasn't there last still week. walter's over there as well yep. you get the the team it's we, we like hanging with them uh, as well we still have a really good uh it's a lot of fun just doing business with them or having them around yeah no i digress for sure yeah what, <laughs> what was so you guys talked about that obviously berwick was kind of that's like that is your original location now you do have another place is it in Kidbury? Yeah, so um, born and raised in North Berwick, actually. My house that I grew up in is right next to our North Berwick shop, um, so we were able to secure that place. <laughs> but the new location is um, Green Truck Boutique right now. That's in Kittery on 236. Um, we've got another mm-hmm. property in Kittery that will eventually be our future adult use over there. Um, but it's been a long nice. project with Kittery getting them on board with cannabis. Um, as a city, because you guys have, yeah. yeah, there's been, a, yeah, well, you guys are right now. Technically, the boutique is kind of more so just like a glass and apparel shop in a sense, trying to wait for. for a, I remember reading some post about that or something on a forum that was saying that you guys are kind of waiting and, and it's an uphill battle right now with them. Yep, exactly. So that's kind of a placeholder for us, um, but we have been making mm-hmm. great progress working with the town, um, building a good rapport with them. So just planning on having a yeah. long future in Kittery. Um, that's that's the town that I live in, so I, it's just the area mm-hmm. that we want to be in. Our, our grow is going to be in Elliott, the other shops in North Berwick, so really southern Maine, York County. Is you guys are born and raised yeah. that area, yes? Yeah. 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 Both so. actually both went to the same high school, same graduating class. Did you guys know each other back then? Yep. Oh, oh no yeah. shit. Child, yeah, we played yeah. Little League together. We played <laughs> 007 on N64 together. Yeah. We, oh, man. <laughs> if you had a playing partner with that game, dude, you could spend hours for <laughs> sure. It was always at Shane's yeah. house, so he'd always whoop my ass. But yeah. I remember. Maybe that's why <laughs> house I remember rules? better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shane, who... who so, what are things that you might have noticed from, like, a... from? Uh, perspective. I know you said you're a little bit removed from the lab, but I try to ask this to every single person that's really into extractions because I want to know what's coming up on the cutting edge. What do you see, or do you see something that might be moving into the future as far as like extraction goes? I mean, it's always changing. Obviously, we're you know diamonds were a big thing for a while. What do you see anything coming next, or what might move? Yeah. Into the you know to the placeholder as number one. Andrew's always got a trick up his <laughs> sleeve, so we won't roll out what we're rolling out next. But he's the man. He's gonna come up with the newest, freshest shit that's coming out. So, um, but right now you can expect to see us in the solventless game real soon. Uh, we're about two years too right. late, but uh, <laughs> it's just something that we don't offer. And you know, hydrocarbon was really big there for a while, and I I didn't expect rosin to to put on and stay on for as long as it has. Yeah. And I feel like we're a little behind on that. Right. But uh, Andrew's going to get us up to speed. So be on the lookout for green truck solventless coming at you. Oh, nice. You're liking that. Definitely. No, that'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, it's sure. it's good to hear. It's, I'm really glad to hear. I mean, being uh, an extraction based company and going into it, you, you've 
probably carried rosin outside though in your store yes oh, shane can't source enough of it for us we sell that's tough huh yeah <laughs> that's i just tough. won't have to source as much <laughs> now <laughs> well, right that's the trick exactly is about becoming uh, vertically integrated you're you you're jumping into uh not jumping i apologize you've uh, explored and you've decided that getting into a cbd market was was going to creating a cbd market um in my experience with stores up here um it, it's it's been from a percentages wise for a store, it's obviously not going to be a high percentage. Yep. But but it's an offering you want to have, and you want to make it as solid of an offering as possible. Definitely. Uh, personally, I still think you know CBD has a great backbone for the you know cannabis industry. Um, obviously, like you said, it's not going to be our top seller. No, no. Um, but I think it's a great option that we were able to offer. It's been kind of a little bit of an uphill battle with us um, at the shop in North Berwick just because CBD is much more of an educational product. It's a product that customers want to come in. They want you to educate them. You talked about the 20-minute experience, 20-minute exactly. uh, visit. You know, That's what it was normally about more often than not. Exactly. And now at Green Truck Boutique, you know, they can get that experience. They mm -hmm. can go and talk to them there and they can kind of tailor uh, the product to their needs. Is mm -hmm. is there an offering? Does it, it make sure, sense sure, to have like offered? Go ahead, Evan. I was just saying, I think your client, baseball times too, is CBD, correct me if I'm wrong, tends to be a little bit more older yeah. um, than like flower and stuff. And a lot of times they want to, there is, a general consensus of like an older clientele, they want to know what they're ingesting. You know, they're trying to be a little bit more healthier. Normally they're in their sixties and they're going through pain and they're like, is this going to help me? And how's it going to help me? So I think I, I was a bartender for a little bit and it was probably one of my favorite jobs. And that was the cool part about it was because I didn't know a lot about CBD. And we had another girl that used to work with us, Brittany Carrier, Carrie, and watching them being able to educate people about CBD and then picking up on it. And it is, it, it opens your eyes too. And I think even now with, you know, with the whole COVID thing, they've been doing things that, saying that CBD can actually be a big asset. You know, there's research on both sides, but it's, I think it's good because it's now becoming part of every conversation. It's like, all right, this has been discredited for so long. Now it's actually like the information's out there. It's not just some gas station bootleg-ass CBD. And it's encountered... Like some, sometimes yeah. That was the biggest problem for CBD is it encountered that smear campaign, so to speak. There was a lot of bootleg stuff that made it into markets, and it just wasn't... It hurt the hurt the reputation, did it not, of what it, CBD can do? It did, and that actually was a huge concern for us when yeah. we were trying to pick the company that it, it was going to help us with our CBD company. So, you know, we did go with Casco Bay Hemp to kind of really put our vision into play, and uh, we feel that they've kind of really steered us in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And is it like full spec as well as isolate forms right, of, right now we're kind of offering? Doing, yeah, right now we're just with isolate. We looked yep. forward to be um, able to add like a full spectrum offering as well too. Sure, sure. You know, it's it's funny sometimes with, and that brings up, I mean, people disputing uh, CBD in one way or the other about the, you know, whether it can work and, and there are different benefits to be taken. It is an education process with people. And I think as time goes on, we'll probably get more people involved in that. Um, that's what I hope. But right now it's left to stores and brands to, exactly. to I, kind I, of bear that burden. It surprised me though, how there's not more education involved in THC based stuff. I just, I don't know. I always thought that there would be, especially with more of an entering into a legal market, I always thought there'd be more information. Like people would want more testing and stuff. And it doesn't seem like, I, I think if you, if you never slap the percentage on cannabis in Maine, I don't know if consumers would generally care that much. I totally agree. For good or bad. I don't know if they care about testing, you know? Yeah, I and feel it, like... It's a sad uh, thing, but I always thought there would be a little bit more. I feel like pre-COVID, everyone still wanted to come in the store and be educated and, you know, hey, I want a sativa and just genuinely care about what the bud tender's opinion was. Um, and now it's all gone car side. Everything they're ordering online, they're going off pictures. They've never smelled weed in the past, what, nine months or yeah. a year. Um, so it's definitely yeah. A talk about changing that. Yeah, change Experience. the whole atmosphere of the cannabis industry. And I mean, you used to shoot the shit with your dealer and, at your house for twenty minutes and smoke a joint. Yep. And now you just someone's running it out to your car and taking cash through the window. Like it's landscape has completely changed. So yeah, that's done a disservice to uh, stores for sure. Um, that that experience that you thoughtfully put into what you wanted people to have when they mm -hmm. came on in, as opposed to the curbside. I'm hoping that it goes back the same. Uh, again, like we were talking about a little bit off air, 
as you go further north, it's a little less that so you can get inside stores a little bit more. So I would hope for their sake that they're going to take advantage of that um, for, for their purpose. I do think it will come back around to kind of getting back that way for the boutique right now, just a lot less customers. So uh, we can't afford to be able to have people come in with their masks and it, it works for us over there. But at our Northbrook location, it just, right. the volume, we just can't do it through stores. Anymore. Would you be able to do events there at the uh, boutique? Is that part of the plan? Uh, hopefully one day. Yeah. yeah. Well, right, right, right. But was that part of the vision as well on it? Not part of the vision. Um, it was more so just for the dispensary. Yeah. Um, I guess social clubs and, and events isn't nothing that. Oh, well, really yeah, no, not necessarily. Yeah. Of, of myself before. Um, but yeah, I think that spot, as soon as we can get it to cannabis, should be a really good spot for us. You've uh, brought up your bud tenders quite a, a little bit more off air too. Uh, good crew. People are really well informed. Hey guys, Evan here with the main podcast. I want to let you know about Cure Cannabis Co. on 32 Riverside Drive in Auburn. Not only do they have a huge selection of hash and flour, they also have some amazing in-house strains like grapes and cream, lava cake, and doscotti. All this served up by some of the friendliest bud tenders in town. You need to make sure you stop in today. Don't forget you can check out their entire menu on Weed Maps and order ahead for curbside pickup by calling 207-241-7328. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 9, and Sunday, 10 to 7. Don't forget, that's 207-241-7328. Cure Cannabis Co., 32 Riverside Drive in Auburn. Don't Scotty! <laughs> Want to share some of the information about like how COVID changed your staff and what happened during that process yeah so since covid we've tripled in employees and most of that has been right out in, in retail um so we've got seven or eight people on shift all day for car side um it has become extremely overwhelming we've adjusted our process multiple times along the way run into a lot of mistakes um but they keep they keep dialing it in they're over like 3700 reviews still uh 4.9 so i think can people order off your website or is it through Weed Maps? It's, we do all ordering through Weed Maps. Weed uh, Maps? We do to um, phone calls, text orders, all that still. They've been very efficient, good to work with, or is that part of the kinks of, or was that part of the kinks of it? Yeah, um, it, it's great until it goes it's down. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you talked about losing power for like five, 10 minutes yeah, and yeah. holy. And then we hate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody's not happy anymore. Yeah, but otherwise it's been really great. That's, <laughs> That's really fed our sales through there. Yeah. Organized the, uh, organized the whole retail side of it, at least for us. Yeah. How does WeedMap charge for our online ordering? Is it just a flat rate? Or they, they're not taking a percentage, are they? No, they just, you pay for your position that's up there. You don't charge per order like you would on Leafly. Um, so you're just paying for your right. listing up there. Um, it's oh, is that how Leafly and uh, WeedMaps differ in their billing for it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't even know that Leafly did that. That's crazy. As far as I know, I'm not sure how it is now, but the last time they solicited us, um, mm -hmm. it was pay per sale, I believe. So it just, mm. we were going crazy with weed yeah. maps and we, were, we weren't trying to generate any more business. We were just trying to keep up with what was going on. Yeah. Um, but the staff has done right. so well doing that. And really yeah. the whole group of them out there, all of them are five stars, so. No, and they have a basic, more than a basic understanding of uh, what they're doing and what they're what they're offering to uh, people who are looking for recommendations, right? I'm assuming you guys still get phone call orders, yeah, right? They're fielding phone calls all day, um, and they're all really extremely knowledgeable. I'll, I'll sit back and uh, watch the cameras from back there, and it looks like such a tornado. Um, and then they clear a parking lot on a Saturday, and it's it, it's really awesome to watch them work. Sorry, guys. Somebody was trying to call me, and that's all right. Beep through. Okay. <clears throat> Hope it doesn't happen again. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys ever see yourself entering a more northern market in Maine? Like, is there ever a chance of going to Lewis and Auburn or sort of Gusta? Oh, come on. He wasn't going to tell you tech on extracts that he's got working. You think he's going to tell you this? <laughs> Man, we're so focused. <laughs> I don't give a crap if he's going to answer that. I'm going to ask the question. Yeah, you got to ask the question. Sure, sure. You got you to... Gotta, at least dodge the yeah. answer. We got a lot of <laughs> shit going. You can't tell me they're going to stop at two. Uh, no, we won't stop at two, but we got a lot of shit going right now. We're still working on getting two uh, set up right. So 
Um, our focus is really on right. what, we, what we got already um, before I start thinking mm-hmm. about going elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I, right. Shane, why are you smiling so damn much? I was going to say, uh, all it will probably take is a little convincing and then we'll have a whole nother. Yeah, we got, a, we got another idea. We're we got plenty for, going on. <laughs> for uh, more local stuff. So, Would there be a wax museum involved in this? The Green Truck Wax Museum? That's a good uh, idea. I, we should oh, get on yeah, that one. That's cool. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, having spent some... Damn, really cool. I, that just hit me, by the way, so it's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing on it. It came... I was thinking about Amsterdam. Uh, we, have, we have proof of the intellectual property now, so we're good. Right, <laughs> right. On recording. I don't remember <laughs> signing anything. We I spent. Uh, I spent a little. Yeah, right. Nothing was signed. I spent like uh, a few different times. I've been in Amsterdam. Spent some time there, and uh, we traveled with a herd. And there's a sex museum, a marijuana museum, a wax museum. There's all these museums all through that red light district area, and. Uh, and I always thought, well, how come there wouldn't be a cannabis museum or something like that here? That was one of the ideas. I thought we were one of the newer states with it, or, or we have this potential to we do something like that. Here. Why should? Yeah. yeah, I know we talked about it, but I, we, but I like this idea that we're doing right now more. So going in a different direction, but kind of historically marking it, whether or not that's a good thing or not, we'll know in ten years. But it's worth worth trying worth looking at i think that would be awesome we'll donate all our old extraction gear and you guys all get a kick out of that right oh no way first generation stuff oh yeah yeah i'll I'll even bring that clothes column i was talking about (laughs) yep oh you still have that it's on a mantle in your living room i I give it to my old man he was running that thing for a while longer oh no way yeah it might get it's just family family is it growing cannabis um yeah yeah did you learn it from your dad or have an interest in it (laughs) Without incriminating anybody, you can nod and I'll tell the crowd what happened. (laughs) No, I was always around cannabis growing up. um, And it's just, it was honestly a passion of mine since I was probably 15, 16 years old. Um, I know that's a little too young for it to become a passion, but it was something that I was, that I really enjoyed (laughs) doing. So, um, and then to able to turn it into a business, you know, 10, 10, dating myself, maybe 15 years later, it's, yeah. It's pretty wild that it's become so socially acceptable now. Yeah. And that shit where doing podcasts and I mean, the biggest thing though still is banking, man. Banking, insurance. Like it's so difficult to operate a business like this when we don't get a fair go at it like other companies do. No, certainly true. Well, did, is Seaport raising stuff now? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, don't get them started with Seaport. Seaport's raising their fees. Don't oh, get I me on those guys. I want to know. This is how I learned. This is how I learned. How come? How come they decided to raise their fees? Because they can. They can. Because they're the only they game in town? The balls, man. Yeah. They have us by the balls right now. And uh, everyone knows it, including them. Uh, so they went from 0.3 to 0.4 to 1.25. Yeah. And uh, that's a for a retail store. Cheaper credit cards. That's a... 400% hike from what we were at originally. And um, and for retail stores, looks like it. we're paid in cash. Like yeah. We do 90% yeah. of our volume is in cash versus cards. And to be forced to pay that fee, we're all shopping for a different um, credit union. So if there's a banker out there seeing this, <laughs> let's get a credit union going because we'll, <laughs> we'll get the whole main market to switch say. over to you guys. Oh, they'd instantly make a world a of a difference. Oh, credit union. What if, about that? So the wax museum's the yours if you share information on an end with yeah. a credit union that does that. I'm, I'm investing stock right there. It's really too bad, man. We try to, <laughs> try to have a business talk with them and explain, maybe just put a cap on it for some of us. And it, it seems like a control thing for them. Like, too bad, what are you going to do? So maybe a couple letters, a couple phone calls to them from everybody that does bank with them. Um, just... It, it really or sucks to be what, I bet you when a competitor comes to town in a bucket, that'll that'll uh, take a little control away from them because it does sound like they're a little bit egotistical right now in their decisions. It's fucked up in a time with everything else that's going on. They're going to start hiking the rate on people that have really just started to see an ROI. So exactly, I don't know. It, it, it shuts it, down. To, I was I was a little turned off by that. It yeah. shuts down to everything though, man. Like, look at the um, insurance cost. Look at the. Con- Contractor cost. If a contractor comes to your grow, he's charging you 20, 30% more at least. Um, everything gets hyped up. Extraction equipment, they can double their price, even though it's the same thing for a scientific. Yeah, that's true. Everything yeah. is just the, the green tax, man. We're going to bail the entire country out because of, because of weed. 
I don't know if there would be anything else that could actually bail out the, the country, though. Probably, I mean, yeah. I, I hate saying it that way. Uh, I, I suppose it, if they're going to pick on the right thing, they're picking on the right thing. But it sucks because the greater potential for what it could grow into. This is going to, you know, shorten the lifespan for too many that are really good at what they do. Yeah, I shouldn't say bail us out. I don't think we'll ever no. get fully bailed <laughs> no, out. No, never, but, never. We're not no. seeing that. It'll keep our country afloat for a while until uh, the feds take over and... Well, do you think that was just posturing on the Fed's uh, level oh, when they out. talked about decriminalizing or, or bringing it to the table? Did you hear anything about that? No. Uh, I want to say that was a little over a month ago. No, I try to keep my head down. Yeah. I don't watch the news. Damn, good uh, for you. Yeah. I, I, I've only started to wean out of that over the last few months. Yeah, so. it's, it's discouraging if you just watch what everyone's painting a picture of online. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what the cannabis industry has become now is people painting the picture that everyone else wants to see. Mm -hmm. um, but I think all of us are experiencing these growing pains and trying to keep up and the real tornado behind the scenes. So, And, and a year that I could have probably seen people deciding that they wanted to, to advance um, what their relationships were with their patients, grow it, obviously. Not everybody was going to be thinking that way, but those that could focus on that new group or, or focus on new relationships with that group, COVID really took that away. So you had to go and build within your company to, or, or find new ways of accessing them. Uh, have those been things to encounter or has it been mostly you generated such a good market going to your store prior to that it was about maintaining them? I think the business really skyrocketed when COVID hit. Uh, everyone got stimulus checks, everyone was out from work, not spending regular expenses, going out to dinner and drinking. Um, so everyone was sitting at home smoking weed, and I think every cannabis company felt that this year. Yep. Um, everyone was sold out of product as quick as they could, prices went crazy, and on, it's going to take a while for it to come back to, to real life. Um, but yeah, that was it was a lot to keep up with with COVID, and now another second round of stimulus coming out, and you can kind of see... Already. Yeah, you, yeah, can, you I know. can see what it's doing. Uh, we're getting 20 to 30 new patients per day. Um, so it's it's not slowing down right now. No, and I was going to say that if there is a slow period in any market whatsoever where it's it's generally a January, February slowdown, um, you know, so if it can be maintained or go, uh, that's that's optimal. That's great. Yeah, we'll see you after this one round of stimulus. <laughs> I think like the next week or so we'll start seeing Well, the store drop. got like three, four sales because of uh, $600 stimulus checks. I'm sure of it, something like that. And it's only been in a couple of days, it feels like. So yeah, um, uh, it's good. It's good that people have uh, this chance, this reprieve from maybe having to worry and maybe feel like they're splurging on themselves a little bit more too. And nice to know that you're part of one of those things they wanted to spend money on. So means something, right? Yeah, it was real nice to hear we were <laughs> considered an essential business. Um, and that's a lot of worry that all of us cannabis owners have is, is our business just going to go extinct tomorrow because a law changed? And yeah. What if my town shuts mm. it down? Uh, all kinds of things, man. Right. It's literally living a business in fear. You may have this really successful business, but it can all be taken away tomorrow, man. That's, that's a big, heavy fear on all of us. Do you have to keep in touch with other towns, what's going on in other towns, or is it just enough already keeping track of what's going on in your own towns? Yeah, so it's beyond us being able to keep track. Now you need you need the right lawyers now. Yeah. And they know what's coming before we know what's coming. So I think it's that whole team. It's not just the employees. It's the lawyers, the accountants. Um, it's it's crucial to, to even keep up, not, not stay ahead of, but just to keep up in this industry right now. Uh, it's just moving so fast, and that new stuff's coming out every single day, man. Mm -hmm. No, it is. Shane, do you have to, or do you end up watching a lot of what goes on on the level four? Are there duties, or is it not really I one of those things? I don't spend too much time on the retail floor. Right. Um, I spend a lot of time out back uh, on my phone um, or in front of a laptop. I spend a lot of time, you know, I'm reaching out to almost 30 to 60 different vendors any given day. Um, so we're always trying to keep a, a list with, you know, over 15 different cultivators on there. So that takes a well, lot. So you have vendors numbering okay. in the hundreds we, for, for the course of a year. Through the course of a year. We, we try to work with a lot of different people through our um, shop. Uh, luckily for me, when I came aboard, Josh already had a lot of great relationships that 
uh, made it really easy to build off. Um, mm -hmm. And Green Truck's reputation has always been so great. So it's been awesome to be able to really work with new, like, upcoming brands in the storefront aspect and then also be able to work with them in the lab as well, too. Keeping, uh, keeping shelves stocked during the height of COVID? It, I, I, I barely got any sleep. You have no <laughs> sleep over it. That's why Shane is here, man. I pulled him on board. It became so overwhelming, and thank God we had him. It was almost right at the beginning or a little bit. Was, was it about it was February, January, right February, somewhere over in there? Yeah. March. And I, we just couldn't keep up, and then thank God for Shane right now. He's been taking over everything from the sourcing product for the store is the number one, um, then all the marketing, the new merch that's coming out, sourcing all the product for the CBD store. Mm -hmm. um, lining up things like this podcast, like the list goes on. Oh, so you're the contact man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I didn't realize that, uh, like, uh, the one I was sending, you said Josh. So I was like, yeah, he thinks he's talking to Josh. Yeah, that's what I thought I was doing. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I since changed. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants to talk with Josh. Well, well, it wasn't a partial. It's, wanted, you know, had I known yeah. you before, then maybe I would have been asking for Josh. Sure, it would have been one of those. But at this point, we're just happy we're to have the chance the to be, you know, so. Evan, go ahead. The sub benefits of the cannabis, the sub benefits benefits of the cannabis industry, I think are are very like well known, and it, it I think it saves to a lot of people uh, through coronavirus. You know, you have to think wedding season was completely ruined, so the, yep. there's all these photographers and all these people that were kind of out of work. What did they flock to? Well, we saw the cannabis industry kind of prop up the photography and the boat photo industry come work for us, and that we saw a reinvigoration in marketing, which I think a, a lot of companies. They were investing now. They had some money. The money was in their pockets. They were investing in videographers, photographers, cinematographers. All these people were coming to work for them. And it was at a great time. They had no other work. And that's just one example, I think, of the countless amount of people that lost a job and then gained a job with the cannabis industry. So it really was a savior in a lot of ways. I, it was I think a, it's, it should be something that should be more looked into. It was a savior for me. You know, I was selling beer down uh, in York County, down by the beach, and which was decimated without being able to have out-of-staters staying in the hotels, without the wedding industry. Um, so, right. you know, being able to make the jump into cannabis was, it was, it was very great. Well-timed, good time. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think we could have staffed properly if it wasn't mid-COVID and a million people losing their jobs. Yeah. I mean, we went from, I think it was 10 oh, or 12 yeah. people yeah. at, at January that. 1, and we're at 36 right now. So we literally tripled our staff this year. Sure. Um, and we could, yeah. I feel like we could double it again this year. Wow. The way things are going. So. Yeah, right. And mm -hmm. I feel like everyone's got that same pressure on them. Yeah. You know, Shane, you said you're doing a crap beer industry. Yeah, yeah, I've spent uh, probably the last almost 10 years um, selling craft beer either. In okay, the, so what's your opinion on the 450s and all that? All, the, all these new uh, beers that are coming out. Those are I mean, one of the reasons why I got out of craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do, I can say, it seems like there's a, there's, a, uh, there's a sentiment with people that have been in it for a while that yep. they don't like the new wave that's coming in. Could I, am I wrong? Or am I yeah, right yeah, well, you know, I also did spend time working at a um traditional lager house too so um a lot of those uh style of beers um they're great marketing um they're market i feel they're more marketing companies that are brewing ah, i shouldn't be you don't like the quality you're <laughs> well hey you got a palate i mean we yeah. are spoiled for a particular yeah, beer yeah myself i love exploring ipas yeah. that's my that's where my taste buds want to go so there can be a lot of different good but beer want, out there like, and i'm just not going to go yeah. there because that's what i like what is the argument, though? I want to know why. Uh, well, why a lot of people like the uh, sours. Is it I love sours. A well done sours. A lot of these overly fruited sours, they're not done fermenting when they're canning them. That's why they'll explode in people's cars, um, which I just personally think oh, is okay. is just not great brewing techniques. Um, I love sour beers. So you I think love there are wild ales. There is a right. lot of you these think new. Too many people doing it. Yeah, these new milkshake lactose filled. <laughs> uh, we have a couple in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> they were gifted we have, we have to us. Yeah, they were gifted. Oh no, no, and that's pumpkin pecan. Pie. Yeah, you know, and yeah, there's a market for everything, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, and they've been able to find what they do, and they're on top of that game. But me, I'm not gonna explore that. <laughs> You, you guys. Uh, no, now, 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 I'm, now I'm sounding like a beer geek. Well, that's what we want. We want to we'll pick your brain about being a beer geek. Why not? 
You've, um, you guys have really made an effort to be in, involved in uh, charitable organization, uh, charitable events within your community and with, within the state, if I'm probably not mistaken either. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, we take great pride in that, man. It's all about giving back to the community, um, and I, I mean that genuinely. Um, because you had a food drive just recently. Yeah, that was, again, organized by Shane. Um, we supported, I think it was over, do you remember how many articles? Almost 2,000 pieces of food and... Um, oh, yeah, I want to say I checked it on an uh, IG, and it was yeah. a, a huge number that, uh, generally speaking, uh, I, I wouldn't have expected that. You had great involvement. Yeah, well, we did for a whole month. You bring in any, and you could enter million times which everybody did would bring you know one can down they'd get a chance to be entered in the raffle for you know 500 truck bucks mm -hmm. so um it racked up a lot of great support we're always trying to do something donating into the school food program and um things that you know we don't even post online so it's it's really just about giving to give instead of trying to build recognition through that um, mm -hmm. i think maine growers alliance is trying to do the same thing we're part of that and it's it's really about helping the communities that are helping us. Yes. So I've always been a firm advocate. No, okay, no, I'm going no, 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 for real. Like, what end? Once you okay. have to work there's with a no town way. like Kittery, there's man. No. Once you no, got to no, work no, with no, a town no, like no, Kittery, no, you really got to start you working say, with a town. When you, you, you say truck pucks, I'm, I'm calling bullshit on how the name came about because I think you guys brought a truck buck and then they're like, all right, we got to name it Green Truck because there's no way they aligned that. Perfectly. We, ju we green just truck, did. We truck just. Buck. Truck Bucks just came out. Yeah, like those this are month. new. Those They're are playing off Green Truck on those. Yeah. Dude, we I make know, this shit up as we go. <laughs> Don't you read the man buck. None of this manual. is land. Is that partly fun? It's partly fun. This is this is not really like like we were talking. Like we were talking about. Sorry, Evan. We're not talking about what you're talking about right now. This has been kind of winged in a sense where we, we had sort of a vision of what we wanted to create and we are leaving it open enough and flexible enough where it can adapt with the times. And I think if anything, cannabis is over the last uh, eight years of my life has taught me that, that you have to be flexible as, as shit yeah, that's in what so many become. different ways. Yeah. I, I wasn't prepared for that entering the cannabis industry, how quickly it changes, you know, mm. with all the regulations and um, all the new laws and just how many hoops we need to go through on a daily basis just to do daily business. Yeah, and it does change on a city and state level, uh, does it not, like yep. uh, continually? I know that Auburn is a state uh, is a city that's uh, opened itself up for business, but with that, and so a lot of people are engaging in using Auburn, but because it becomes so attractive, they've also increased fees or found new ways of you know getting their their hands in it, um, where other towns have not necessarily. I think there's that's a benefit for the towns though is mm -hmm. to get their hands. It in It should be they're not yeah. getting a direct uh, kickback off any they're, of this, no. so they need why not application fees? And you know we're all happy to do that. It's just people, act, towns actually taking the chance and, and and working on that. And that's what we've worked hard to do with Kittery is, you know, ha hired attorneys to draft an ordinance and negotiated with town council. And you got to work with these towns to get anything to go anymore. Um, so. That's really been the biggest hurdle for us in the constantly changing landscape in cannabis in Maine. Once again, this was made possible in conjunction with our amazing sponsors, Rugged Roots, Cure Cannabis Co., The Heady Yeti, Tastefully Baked, The Shack 420, Humble Family Farms, Cannamelts, Salty Cultivation, The North Fire, Highbrow, Team Green, Seaworks & Company, Fade Space, Zero Gravity Extracts, Wisely Cannabis, and Stoner & Co. For more information on how you can support those who support us, please visit our website, www.mainpodcast.com. That's mainpodcast.com, and click the Sponsors tab.